to read some uh, words from Proverbs, if you want to follow along. Proverbs 4. In fact, it's the whole of Proverbs 4. Oh, it's up there. Though. It's amazing. So this is Proverbs 4. And it's uh, entitled, Get Wisdom at Any Cost. So there's a, there's a headline for you. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it cost all that you have. Get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well. For it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. May God bless his word to us today. Just pray. Father God, I thank you that you've given me this chance to, to bring your word. And I just ask that you would um, speak through me today. That, that your words may be the words that I say. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to talk about wisdom today. In fact, this is a, a two-parter. Um, and uh, I'm preaching again in uh, about three or four weeks, and, and that will be the second part of, of wisdom. Uh, 
I tried to fit it all in one, but it got a bit long. So I apologise for that. So I'm doing an Alistair and doing a series. But I will actually finish this series, that's all. We want to know where the church is going, don't we? We want to know where we're supposed to go, the path that we should be taking as a, as a church. And how do we find that path? Well, I suggest that we need wisdom. I'm going to take some time exploring what that wisdom is and where ultimately uh, it leads us in this uh, sermon today. I worked with a guy once. Um, he was called Dr. Lee Epstein. Uh, he was really the cleverest guy I know. He's still alive. Um, he was a Texan, and I'll, I'll read what it said on his card. Dr. Lee Epstein, BS, because he was American, so they do BS, but it's BSC. BS, MS, PhD, DPhil, CBiol, AAS, UrpharmBiol, MInstD, GInstBiol, MRSM. He needed quite a long card. <laughs> he was really clever. That he, he had a, a, a doctorate in, in nuclear physics, and then he got another doctorate, a doctor of philosophy in microbiology. So he was completely cross-trained in physics and microbiology, which is incredible because they're just so, you know, poles apart. He was a very, very clever man, and he used to he, he used to talk very slowly in a Texan drawl and go. Just because I talk slow don't mean I think slow. <laughs> Literally at that speed. He was the most frustrating man because it took him about an hour to say any sentence. <clears throat> but he was he is a very, very smart man. And, and, you know, it's all very well having that sort of worldly wisdom and being erudite and learned, isn't it? The, the, the Oxford English Dictionary suggests that... that uh, Wisdom is the quality of being wise, which is really helpful. <laughs> Good judgment based on sagacity and knowledge. I love sagacity. That's one word. Learning, knowledge, erudition, and education. So that's the sagacity based on those things. Well, that's great, but it's not enough for us to be educated and, and worldly and knowledgeable and sage. John Wilmot, the Earl of Rochester, said... Uh, in his book, which was a satire against mankind. He said, then old age and experience, hand in hand, lead him to death and make him understand. After a search so painful and long that all his life he has been in the wrong. Huddled in dirt, the reasoning engine lies, who was so proud, so witty, and so wise. I love those words, but uh, they're pretty, uh, pretty harsh. You can spend your whole life trying to be wise and kind of miss the point entirely. And that's what he was trying to say. Who, who remembers their, their father or their mother giving them the talk? Do you remember that? I don't know how old you were. I learned mine from a desk in 4B, but I, you know, that's, that's beside the point. The facts of life. You, yes, people do, but, you know, somebody took, told you all that stuff, didn't you? And, and chapter four of Proverbs is is kind of like that. Not the bit on 4B, but um, <laughs> it's a heart-to-heart -heart between a, a father and 
his son. And that's, that's why it's so helpful. And, and there, are, there are three books in the Bible that are the, collectively called the books of wisdom. There's Ecclesiastes, uh, Job, and Proverbs. And they, they all may have been written by Solomon. And we all know how wise and, and uh, clever he was. But they all deal with wisdom in some form or other. And, and what that does to us and what it means to us. In, in, in Job, we have the man on his, his back in illness and in sickness, looking up to God. And, and in Ecclesiastes, we have the, 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 the man on his knees praising and worshipping God. And then in Proverbs, we have the man on his feet walking, talking, living and guiding, uh, giving instruction on how to live our lives with God. And, and Billy Graham said famously that there are 31 chapters in Proverbs, one for each day of the month. So I'm, I'm going to take this as a challenge. Because I'll be honest, I've not read Proverbs from cover to cover with one hit. So I, you may want to take this challenge as well. Just saying. Every day for a month, let's do a one that has 31 days in it. Or we'd have to do two chapters in one day. Try and read all the Proverbs and let's see what God's trying to say about wisdom to this church. So, back to the father-son talk there. Passing on his advice to his son, Solomon had learned from his father, King David, and it was said of David that he was, uh, they had a heart after God's own heart. Remember, we sing that song, don't we? And I, I, I was going to choose it today, but it's going to save it. Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. And last time I, I preached, I was preaching um, from Philippians about trying to find the mindset of God. And, and it's, it's all the same thing. <clears throat> and and the, the nub of wisdom we're going to find out, that's what it's all about. It's finding God's spirit, finding God's way of doing things, taking God's advice. That's wisdom. So, um, so Solomon was acknowledged as a, as a wise man. And verses 1 to 4 really wants to get the message home that this is a message for life. So he does bang on a bit at the beginning, doesn't he? Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention. Gain understanding. Do not forsake my teaching. Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. So he really thinks that this is an important thing. To give his son. And people all over the world think that, that wisdom is important and, and wisdom for a specific kind of area of life is important. You know, I, I remember when I was in business, I, I'd read books on, on wisdom in business um, and try and kind of pick nuggets out of that. And, you know, football managers read books on sports psychology, don't they? And parents read books on how to raise their kids. And these kind of self-help books are one of the fastest growing genres of, of book at the moment. Everyone wants this kind of wisdom, this knowledge, in order to succeed. But what is that true wisdom? Does it really lead to success? Does it lead to happiness and peace in life? Well, that's arguably. 
Solomon, however, personifies wisdom as a person, actually as a woman, which is good. That would please Madeline. So we, we read um, in verse 6 and, and onwards, Do not forsake wisdom, she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Cherish her, she will exalt you. So we have this personification of wisdom as a, as a person, which kind of makes it easier for you know, to, to understand what you need to do to get the wisdom. You need to kind of cherish it. You need to desire it. You need to want it. Uh, verses 14 to 17 deals with the, the path of the wicked and how the son should avoid that path at all costs. Interestingly, the, the chapter 5 of, of Proverbs goes on to personify wickedness as a woman too. So I'm not quite sure what's being said there. Uh, you can read chapter 5 on your fifth day of reading all Proverbs. And chapter 6 goes on to talk about a foolish man who doesn't walk um, past this wicked woman and uh, succumbs to all her ways and is destroyed. So there's a salutary tale for day 6. So this theme continues throughout Proverbs. And it's like Solomon's giving uh, his son a pep talk. And he says, look, there are some kinds of women you need to avoid. There are ones that you want to be attracted to. But spiritually, what he's saying is follow wisdom and shun wickedness. And Solomon echoes the words of his father in Psalm 1. So Psalm 1 says, uh, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. So there's a clue about how we can get this wisdom. We need to be thinking about God's ways. We need to be steering clear of wickedness, avoiding evil. But more than that, it's an active process of <clears throat> meditating, of thinking about, of desiring actively the wisdom that comes from God. So if anything's come out of my reading and prepare, preparing for this, it's that you can't just sit back and let wisdom come to you. That it, it takes some effort to, to do something about it. So what is this wisdom then? Verse 7 of Proverbs 4 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. The Hebrew word um, for this um, wisdom is uh, chachma, and is always associated with God. It's godly wisdom. <clears throat> so it's not it's not man's cleverness. It's God's wisdom, chachma, and. The Hebrew for the word understanding in that in that uh, verse is uh, bina, which is something called that, that, that kind of um, encapsulates 
the, the understanding of right and wrong. Uh, but in, in, a, in an eternal viewpoint, with an eternal frame around it. So these Hebrew words are very nuanced in that verse. So we could translate, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Wisdom, chachma, is supreme, therefore get chachma, get godly wisdom. Be associated with God. Though it costs you all you have, get bina, which is understand what's right and wrong in eternity. And think about where you're going, which path you're on. So, so how to get this wisdom then is, is kind of encapsulated there. We need to be have our, our focus on God and we need to be thinking about what's right, what's wrong, and the right path for us. It's comprehensive insight into the ways of God and our relationship with God <clears throat> that will get us wisdom. Proverbs 3 and verse 19 and 20 says, The world was created with wisdom by a wise God. And if we want to come to understanding of God's ways and be wise, we must come to God. There's no short circuit for that. The creator God, the Alpha, the Omega, the almighty, eternal God. We need to, as we read, we read in, in Philippians, we need to get that mindset of Christ. We won't get ma uh, wisdom from, from any man or woman, but we'll get it from God. <clears throat> but how do you get into this wisdom? Well, Solomon frames the answer in the book of Proverbs. Um, so in Proverbs 1.7, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And in Proverbs 31.30, we read, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And we can read man as well. So, fear of the Lord is somehow involved in getting wisdom. So, is this fear kind of a terror, a quaking in your boots? Well, partly, I suppose. The Old Testament um, theophany, as it's called, was where God appears to man, suggests that, that they were kind of trembling in your boots moments when people met God. And we have lots of examples of that, don't we? Moses hiding his face um, from God, Elijah pulling his cloak over his face when he met God, Ezekiel falling down as if, um, uh, as if he was dead by the river um, Kibor. So meeting God was probably a scary thing. I, I suggest it probably is still. If God were to appear um, to us today, we, we, I'd be frightened. But it's kind of fr being frightened in a good way. Theologians talk about mysterium tremendum. Um, and it's, it's, it's common in the New Testament as well. Peter was ashamed of his doubting Jesus, and he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. 
And John in Revelation falls down uh, on the floor and he sees the vision of Christ in all his glory. We, we fear God because of his holiness, don't we? We, we fear it because he is perfect and, and we're not, and his holiness judges us. And fear of the Lord is, is, a, is, is about reverential awe. Our God being inherent in our attitude, uh, our fear of God being inherent in our attitude towards God. And that attitude leads us to wise behaviour. This is where it comes back to wisdom again. To holy behaviour. And to avoidance of evil. So if we want to be on the right path, Having a healthy fear and reverential awe for God because of his holiness is going to help us on our path. So if we're afraid of God's holiness, where does it lead us? To, to run from God? No, no, absolutely not. We need to run to God. We need to run to him in Christ and get that mindset of Christ that we keep talking about. It's a prerequisite for fear to lead us in the right direction to get wisdom. And one of the things we need to get that wisdom is humility. Fear of God and selfishness can't come together. They're, they're mutually exclusive, I would suggest. We hear of, of kind of film stars and celebrities going to find themselves, don't we? Wherever that happens to be. On a desert island, <clears throat> India, on a pilgrimage to somewhere, swapping religions to find the right one. Proverbs teaches us that we find ourselves in the fear of God, which comes through humility. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. But all of the wisdom literature, Ecclesiastes, Job, Proverbs, is trying to <coughs> make us um, lack faith in our own decisions. Uh, on our own paths and place limits on human wisdom and come to God for his wisdom in humility. Gerald Wilson says, the fear of the Lord is no abject terror, nor is it simply awe, but is a deep-seated humility grounded in an abiding awareness of one's absolute dependence for existence on the undeserved mercy of the Lord. Only through such humility and dependence can the human heart be prepared to perceive and receive the wisdom that God gives. William Cowper said, knowledge is proud that he has learned so much. Wisdom is humble that he knows no more. So, in this heart-to-heart, -heart, in Proverbs, the father-son chat, 
he's trying to say to his son that it's really important to get wisdom. It's really important to get understanding of God. And the way you do that is by meditating on it, wanting it, reading about it. It means reading our Bible. It means understanding what's right and wrong and keeping to the right path. And we do that by having a bit of a healthy fear for God, a reverential awe, but we also have to have humility, that we can't rely on our own wisdom. And, and that's such a, a lesson for us, um, uh, you know, in whatever we do in life, isn't it? It's a lesson for us leaders in church that we shouldn't be relying on our own wisdom, but that we should be seeking God's wisdom all the time. It's, it's a, a lesson for, for us when we're in our homes, that we shouldn't be trying to make decisions and leading our lives in our own strength and in our own wisdom and understanding, but seeking God at all points, at all times. There's lots more about wisdom, but I think that's enough for now. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you that you give us such wonderful words in your Bible. Thank you that you give us such clear instruction on what we need to do to get to be wise. Wise in your wisdom and not in our own wisdom. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us that fear of you that keeps us on the right path. That you would give us that reverential awe that helps us to choose that right path and that you would give us the humility uh, that leads us to, to depend on your mercy and not rely on our own strength. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll give us all wisdom, that you'll give us that understanding that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen.